Hello and welcome to season six of the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who we are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we're rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. Here, we remember our sovereignty together through stories, tools, curiosity, and community. In doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today to join the Sacred Remembering Women's community. I also have many resources for you on your journey to reunite feminine and masculine, including private alchemical space holding for both individuals and couples. Schedule a consultation today at sarahpoet.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Now, let's begin. Hello, beloveds, and welcome. Welcome back to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. I'm Sarah Poet, and we are in the final 10 episodes of the podcast. And if you do not know what the heck I'm talking about, go back and listen to last week's episode number 134, where I share that I am receiving the soul guidance to close the podcast at this time. You know, maybe that will be forever. Maybe that will be for a time, but I am honoring that and I'm just really coming to you really um, honestly in inside of a transition. It feels like, like a deep, Oh, so nourishing, so yummy, this, this transition of not exactly knowing what's next. And I was sitting in meditation last night and heard, you know, my soul spirit, the voice say, you know, this is sacred remembering. This is what you're doing, what you're living. Sacred remembering never stops never goes away. Um, you know, the body of work of this podcast, it's almost like a legacy. I'm really, I'm really in love with what has happened here. There will be 144 episodes to this body of work and, you know, for now, and it will live on. And so many conversations have happened here. And so much of what I wanted to talk about here, we have, there are things that we have not talked about here that I wanted to talk about, but you know, that's for where, where the work lives on. And right now I am living my journey of sacred remembrance at the, the next layer, you know, the next (laughs) peeling, the next layer of the onion, so to speak. Um, and the next layer of discovery and, you know, it's, always a little unsettling to not know exactly what's happening or exactly where you're going or exactly what wants to be created. But I will share with you a little of like, what does my life look like right now in this in-between phase? Last week, I did share that I am really looking at human design right now. And really, I'm taking care of my energy right now. Like that's what I'm doing. I'm taking care of my, my body, my physicality, my emotional energy. I'm doing EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique, like every day, you know, learning about my human design, sleeping a lot and creating. 
And so I am learning about the creative impulses versus, you know, the fear impulses and these different centers in the body and human design. And I am remembering more deeply of what my own creativity and what my own spark of creativity really feels like. And last night I sat and sewed pieces of fabric together <laughs> for a couple of hours and it makes me very happy. And it was kind of, you know, one of those choice points like, okay, I could be productive and like do some more work or I could do something else. And I just tuned in like, okay, you know, higher self, soul, what wants to happen right now? And the answer was go sew. And I was actually like, are you kidding me? You want me to go <laughs> sew right now? And it was like, yeah, that is the highest guidance right now is to go cut pieces of beautiful fabric and sew them together because that really makes you happy. And I know that I'm touching a lineage piece, you know, when I do that as well, but that has been something that has been with me my whole life, like sewing pieces of fabric together. <laughs> so that's what I did. And it lit me up. And then, you know, I'm, I'm in the frequency of that lit up space and only making decisions from there. Pretty much that's what I'm doing. I'm like making decisions from the feel good lit up frequency and really just practicing that, like living in that, <laughs> not doing anything I don't want to do. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just a really beautiful period of nourishment and refinement. So, um, I, I do want to say, you know, I'm still here for you. Like I'm absolutely here for you and probably better than ever <laughs> as my whole system is so much more um, attuned, you know, grounded in tune with these earth grids that I talked about in episode 134. And so you are so welcome to reach out to me. And really that is also the energetic that I am nourishing as a human design projector is stopping putting myself out there so much and instead really welcoming what, you know, wants to be attracted or magnetized. And this calls us all, you know, myself as a business owner, and also like anyone who's listening, you know, let's stop doing things because we think we should, or because there's pressure or because there's beautiful marketing, those kinds of things. Like we really need to trust resonance right now. And, um, you know, that means that if I'm going to hold space for people on their soul journey, then I need to be in integrity in that resonance. And I would so much rather be in that integrity personally and nourishing that and then, you know, welcoming you into this really authentic space than spending a lot of my time, like doing a lot of marketing and pushing things out there, which is not my design. And so, you know, as I do that, and, and I'm really refining the energy too, for like, the work that wants to come in, you know, bigger contracts, bigger, uh, like corporate contracts, or corporate consulting, you know, moving into some of that business to business, um, you know, work on gender equity, like I talked about last week, that's kind of, you know, what I'm doing also still holding space for individuals and couples, but it's like, you know, for that work to come, like I have to be an energetic match to that. Or so, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to enjoy my frequency and the right things are going to show up. 
That also means that I have to trust my clients. There's a little bit of a lesson in, in this for all of us. I didn't expect to really go on about this right now, but I think this is really valuable. And today's guest, Amy Natalie, has like such a gorgeous resonance energetically that I really feel like it's perfect to be talking about this before this interview because there's a lot of integrity, I think, um, in, in what Amy's bringing forward and what I know. And so this is a really great episode to actually be talking about this in the intro. So as we are looking around and, and there's so much that we could get involved with, you know, especially as women, it's like, how many things are we saying yes to? And is that coming from a fight or flight? Is that coming from, you know, a deficit? Like we don't feel like we're enough yet. So we have to do another training or is it coming from, I really want to do this or work with this person to activate my energy in a certain way or activate my knowledge in an area that they have really experienced and studied. And so, you know, you have to trust yourself. Like each of us has to trust ourselves in how we're showing up and what we're saying yes to. And I'm going to be talking a lot more this fall, winter, you know, forever about women's resources and the integrity of our resources. And this is just so central to that. So, you know, if we're saying yes to five coaching containers at a time or five online courses at a time, and we're spending all of this money, but we're not really anchoring into any of the teachings, we haven't been responsible with our own energy investment and our financial investment, right? Because it's still like a fight or flight decision. So I think that this is healing in the collective, but I just want to speak into that right now because like with the changes that I'm making and deciding to do less, I'm also, I'm trusting my energy more and I'm also trusting my audience more or like those prospective clients more. And, you know, I, I do zero convincing anymore at this point because it actually is out of an energetic integrity for me. And, um, like it takes energy that, that I don't want to spend. And so it's like, there's an invitation. There's an authentic invitation. There's always an authentic invitation to engage with life. And that is certainly what I have, you know, brought to this podcast and all of these conversations, like was an invitation to go really, you know, authentically into various topics. And so, you know, you have a collection of podcast episodes um, going back three years for you to dive into in the Sacred Remembering podcast. So if you're just now discovering it, don't worry, there's so much content here <laughs> for you to dive into. And I've often heard people say that just listening to the podcast is a soul activation. Of course it is um, on our sacred remembering paths. So as you are hearing this and hearing this interview today, this conversation today, um, you know, allow those soul sparks to happen and allow that sacred remembrance to happen through you. Reach out to Amy, reach out to me if you want to talk further about anything you hear on this podcast today. Um, I'm really excited to share this with you. So thank you for listening to this big introduction that 
uh, just came from my heart sort of unexpectedly as I hit record here today. And as you're listening to this episode, we've, we're like weaving the magic. I, I really am enjoying getting to know Amy. Um, we've met once in person, as we'll share. And, um, you know, each time, like something bigger is weaving, which you're really going to hear, enjoy hearing about. And um, at the end, I was like, I know there's kind of something here, something left and I don't know what question to ask. And then after I say that, it's it kind of sounds like it's going to be the end. And then we go into like a much deeper layer. So definitely stay <laughs> for the for the whole transmission um, with Amy and I today because it, it's like rich right up until the end. So thank you for being here. So much love to you. You can find me at sarahpoet.com. And if you are not on my email list, please go ahead and do that. I have some really... Um, just, I'm sending some really heartfelt things these days and structure and flow is going to be opening up in about a month, um, which is a planner and time energy optimization system that also helps modern women to rebalance masculine and feminine. You can learn more about that right now at sarahpoet.com and hop on a waiting list and, um, and, and hop on the email list, and then you will be sure to get the, the first invites. And we're going to do that as a live coaching group, a full 12-week coaching group, which I did not do last year. Okay, last year it was like a, a smaller version. It was the 90 days, but I only did four live calls. I know from teaching this for a few years that the biggest alchemy for structure and flow comes from weekly group meetings, meanwhile using the workbook planner. And there's an online course. I mean, there's so much to structure and flow. It's so beautiful. It's such a practical alchemy tool <laughs> that um, I just get so excited about it. So we are going to gather and open that container up um, beginning, you know, into the, the new year. So be in touch about that. And, and I will, yeah, I'll get you that info soon. Thanks for being here. You matter. You mean so much. And your sacred remembering journey is so imperative to this planet and to the consciousness of this planet. If you have not listened to episode 134, be sure to go and catch that. I heard from a lot of you that there was a lot of soul sparking and alchemy in that for you. So um, yeah, it's here for you. So much love. Enjoy. Hello, Amy. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Thank you. It is such a pleasure and privilege to be here. So good to be here with you. Um, so we met one time in person and we wove some magic together that day, I would say. And it was funny because I'm just going to share a little story because then we just experience a little bit more magic. So we're just yes. starting out with the magic. <laughs> we're just going to name all the that. magic. <laughs> so I think you had said, Sarah, I never reach out and ask anybody to coffee or tea, but I really felt to. And I was like, well, it's funny, Amy, because I never say yes when people <laughs> ask me to coffee or tea, but I really felt to. And then we sat down and we were talking and we started to weave something that I don't feel the need to go into that story, but if you do, we can. But it was like, it had, a, I think it had an impact locally. Like mm -hmm. it was like, whoa, we touched the food system. We touched, you know, 
women's energetics in the mountains. And it was like, oh, this conversation was really important. And so just now we're doing this three breath meditation that I do before every episode and other guests have commented <laughs> on it. Like, like when we hit live, they're like, whoa, I still haven't come back from that sweet three breath meditation. But you said, can you share? With yeah. You? <laughs> I was like, this is insane. This is wild because on my podcast, when I interview other people, I always do a meditation before we hit record. And not only do I do a meditation, but I do that exact meditation before. And we've, we've never like, we've only had one meeting. (laughs) This is so crazy. (laughs) It's really crazy. And what I felt, which I didn't share with you, but now I have chills is that, you know, we know, and by the time this goes live, I will have announced that this iteration of the sacred remembering podcast is concluding. And we're going to conclude with 144 episodes I don't know what's going to happen after that. And when I did this meditation and I realized that this is like one of the last times potentially I could do this, I felt a huge surge of emotion. Mm. And, and like, that's what I was experiencing. And then you were like, hold up. I do this same thing. So hi, soul sister. Hi. (laughs) And one, one other thing that I want to add to that is you mentioned that you're feeling like rose energy. And I don't know, for people who are watching, I have like a fine line rose tattoo on my wrist, which to me, do you also, oh yeah, you have a rose tattoo as well on On the left, on the left. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're just, we're something (laughs) is happening, but for me, it represents the divine feminine. So that's what's coming through today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we do a three breath meditation where at first we go into our own heart, with the second breath, we build the bridge between our hearts for the conversation. And then with the third breath, we attune to all of the hearts of all of the listeners at any point in the future, I say. Those are the words I use every time. And when we were centering into our own hearts in that first breath, it was like the rose was right there. I have chills again. <laughs> Something is happening. <laughs> this was really fun. Yeah. And I really yeah. felt to invite you before this was over. So this is the feminine mystery, folks. That we're this is it. This is like how we live it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've yeah. I've personally been experiencing so much magic. And maybe we can even talk about like what does magic mean? Like magic is the unexplainable. It's the energetic field. It's things happening without knowing why or how, but like these moments where we can be in awe of, wow, like there's something greater than us. There's something beyond us that is connecting us on this cosmic energetic level that our minds might not understand. But when you're paying attention and when you're noticing the magic and calling it in. Like one of the the prayers that I say when I'm in my meditations is I'm open to the magic and the miracles that are going to unfold today. I'm open to the magic that the universe and my guides are sending me today. And here we are, these moments of unexplainable energy and synchronicities and truth that are coming through. Yeah, exactly. And then we, you know, we're both really smiling. We're like, ooh, this is exciting. (laughs) And then, you know, we get to continue on and just see, you know, just kind of see what happens. And 
that was what happened after our first encounter. There was this like, okay, this, you know, we need to make some more connections and this wants to happen. And like, I think it impacted Asheville. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was big medicine. And, you know, we're just seemingly two women having matcha together, but <laughs> more. So um, I would love to read your bio now that we're yes <laughs> <laughs> this many minutes into the conversation. Um, so let me introduce you. Amy Natalie is an empowerment coach and feminine embodiment guide with almost a decade of coaching experience. She specializes in helping women to emerge as their most authentic, confident, and successful versions of themselves. Her mission is to reconnect women with their feminine energy and empower them to follow their soul calling. As a community leader, Amy creates spaces for like-minded women to come together for healing and connection. She currently serves clients through her one-on-one empowered feminine mentorship, her six-week online course called The Feminine Codes, and her six-month group coaching program called The Soul Calling Accelerator. Amy is also the host of the Feminine Frequency podcast, which has over 300,000 downloads, over 225 episodes, and reaches women from all around the globe. You can find her online at amynatalieco.com. Wonderful. Mm. Welcome. Thank you. So I'm trying to decide which space to... um, to start and I'm feeling it like deep within my body, actually like Mm. deep within even like the womb, you know, we're mentioning the rose. And, um, first of all, I'll say I have a deep respect for what I see you do and I don't know you well, but the energy of, you know, your online presence is like very clean in my opinion, very, focused and like there's a very clear and gentle you know feminine leadership um so recognizing you in that Mm. in that way and wanting I think to hear um, about your journey you know sacred remembering is a space where we tell a lot of stories about you know women waking up to the truth of who we are that's the tagline and so this, this process in our lives of coming back into our own remembrance. And, you know, that we spend a period of time potentially living out of alignment. And then, you know, there's an awakening and we bridge back into our alignment. And I know that the feminine and embodiment has had um, a lot of impact on your life personally. So mm. care to share any of your personal story to start as to like how you, how you, you know, landed here and now. Yeah. I I love this description of sacred remembering because this is the spiritual path is we come in as these beautiful, lovable, worthy, whole magical beings And then we enter into the 3D reality where we have teachers and we have religion and we have parents and we have the media and we have all of these different influences that impact who we are and how we perceive ourselves and what we believe about ourselves. And then at some point we have conformed to that identity for so long and there's an internal dissonance, there's an internal pain of oh, is this really who I am? Am I really happy? 
what am I actually doing here? Who am I underneath all of this, all of these masks that I've been wearing, all of the, the, the stories that I've been telling myself, like, who am I? And does it match up with who I've been being? And so that's the, the, the ego death, the awakening that happens. And that was definitely my journey and my spiritual story or my journey back home to myself and my truth and back home to my feminine essence, which I had been completely disconnected from. So my journey is one of growing up in a uh, religious family, I would say more of a traditional Jewish family, um, very supportive, loving parents who cared deeply about us and also had very specific views and uh, beliefs about how, how yeah, what, what they wanted for me. And so um, growing up, I was a dancer. I loved to dance. I um, was a competitive dancer. I ended up was an athlete as well. And I was always known as like in my family, I was like the pretty one. And my brother was the smart one. Mm. And as the pretty one, I had these, these kind of ways of being that to try and get approval and acceptance. So being the good girl, being a people pleaser, being a perfectionist, just conforming unconsciously to whom my parents wanted me to be so that I was lovable. But there was also this other part of me, which is an archetype that I resonate with really deeply, which is the wild woman and the rebel and there was always this part of me that wanted to go out to once I got to high school, I always wanted to be more sensual and wear sexier clothes. And I went to a private Jewish school where there was like a dress code. Right. And so I wanted to wear sexier clothes and I wanted to go to these parties and I wanted to dance sexy and I wanted to be with the cool kids. And I had this like rebellious nature inside of me. And all the while, like was wearing this mask and this facade and, and pretending to be someone that, that would be accepted of by my, not only my family, but my community as well. And so one of the, the core pillars in my family lineage is that it was very important for my family, for me to marry someone Jewish. This was like a, not a question. This was a necessity. This was a, like, this is how it works in our family. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I dated several non-Jewish men and that caused so much tension between me and my parents. And there, I felt so much judgment and I felt so much shame. And it was this, this thing that I was doing that wasn't approved of that. I didn't get their acceptance for. And it created a lot of conflict in addition to some of the other things that I was doing that I was trying to hide because they weren't acceptable. Right. Mm -hmm. And so after dating several non-Jewish men, I ended up going to college. I graduate from college. I um, go and start studying nutrition and wellness. I had studied business entrepreneurship in college. My dad's an entrepreneur. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I just followed that path. Um, and then I realized through my own health issues that were coming up that I wanted to learn more about nutrition and well-being. So went to study that, came back to San Diego where I 
grew up. And I very shortly after met someone who fit the perfect mold for who my parents would have wanted me to date. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I had already been struggling with some depression, with some anxiety, with some health issues. I was having some inner conflict happening. And when I met this being, uh, it felt safe. It felt supportive. It felt like, oh, maybe this is the path that I'm supposed to go on. Like mm-hmm. this feels, this feels comfortable. This feels good. And it was also the first time where my parents really approved of the, the man that I was dating. And so fast forward, I ended up getting married. I intuitively knew looking back that it wasn't the right fit for me after a couple of years of being in this, this kind of picture perfect, I would say like white picket fence lifestyle, um, very predictable future, all the things that felt safe and comfortable, but deep down, I knew something was missing. And so I got married and we were married for two years. And in that time, I went through huge spiritual crisis. Mm. I went through really deep depression. I questioned who I was. I felt like I was lying to myself and lying to others. I questioned why I couldn't be happy with everything that I had, this beautiful house, this amazing husband, this you know, family that's supportive, like what the heck is wrong with me? Yeah. And eventually hit my breaking point and hit rock bottom and was like, I can't play this role anymore. I can't keep trying to please everyone else, including his family, him, my family at the expense of my own happiness. And took a long time to get there, like three years till I fully made that decision. And that was my remembering of, okay, like now I get to discover and get to follow what is my path and what is my truth and live my life. And at the expense of potentially losing everything. And I really want to highlight that because I had to get to that point where it was like, okay, I'm willing to follow my truth. Even if I lose everything. That's a really scary place to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I've had to revisit that place and that connection yes. over and over again on this path. I mean, even, you know, letting go of this podcast is one of those mm. moments yes. of like, you know, what I, I don't know what's happening. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, and I'm staying committed to, to the path as I'm being shown it. Um, thank you for, for sharing that story. And I know that's so it's an archetypal story of our times. So Mm. many women can really resonate with that. Like, okay, I'm looking around and it looks like I should be happy. And I, you know, I feel trapped. I'm in crisis. I'm not happy. What's wrong with me? You know, all of those things. And then that, that moment, my moment was actually a cloud parting moment. Like the clouds parted and the sun hit my face. And it was like, I remember who I am and I'm going to walk toward her. Mm. I am going to walk toward her. Mm -hmm. And yeah, big, big decision. So so I love that you were also already a dancer. I, f- I feel a little, you know, ping of that, 
I guess it's that gross feeling of like jealousy or whatever, or maybe jealousy Mm. can be really inspiring too. But when I see really embodied women who have like a dance background or a theater background, and I have like a super rigid academic background, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, I wish I was a dancer child, you know, like I think my soul wanted to be a dancer child, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you ultimately that like your little girl self and your maybe teenage self like got to express in that embodied way. I am curious about your kind of return to the feminine embodiment, because I know that it's such a big part of what you're doing right now and how you teach empowerment. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you can like continue us on that story as to, you know, that reclamation mm. of, of those parts of you. Yeah. And first I'll share, like, I totally relate to what you're sharing about like, oh, I wish I had that, or I wish I was, <laughs> you know, free in my movement like that. And that's actually part of what brought me back to my remembrance was seeing other women moving freely and expressing themselves without the worry. What are people going to think? What if these people judge me, you know, like women showing up as themselves and not holding back or playing small because they're like, Oh, what is my, my mom or my grandma or whoever from my past, what are they going to think? Yeah. And so that was really, you know, leading up to coming back to embodiment, I had started my career in 2013 as a nutrition and health coach. And then as I went through my own awakening and through my own struggles with emotional eating and body image, I studied eating psychology and started to work with women on more of a emotional level with food and emotional level with how they relate to themselves in the world. And food was just the distraction. Food was just the numbing or the, the, yeah, the coping mechanism. And then as I got deeper in that path, I realized, oh, none of this is about the food. This is a soul. This is a deeper energetic soul and mindset issue that is deeply rooted in these patriarchal beliefs that we've been taught. So that I moved completely out. And that was another huge leap. I had been a nutritionist for four or five years, built my business on that. And then was like, okay, I'm leaving that behind. I'm going this direction. Who knows if it's going to work? Who's going to pay me for mindset coaching and for being a spiritual guide? Like I had been working in person. I shifted my whole business online other than some in-person events and retreats, but like big shifts. And then as I was doing this mindset work, I realized that I have changed so much and evolved so much and I am showing up, but there's still this next layer of self-expression where I feel blocked. I still see where I'm not fully showing up, where I'm not, where I'm afraid to be seen for who I really am. And I was magnetized to women who were doing things in the feminine way. I had been building my business from the masculine, from the achieving, from the hustling, from the follow the strategy, hire the business coach, figure it out. And while I learned so much, and some of that is very necessary, there was no balance. There was no flow. I was just constantly next thing, next thing, next thing. And so when I saw these women operating in their feminine and their business, both through self-expression and how they were leading, 
that was a big turning point for me. And so I had met an embodiment guide. Her name is Nadia Moonlight. I met her a few years before. Do you know Nadia? Or Yeah, I do. She's been yeah. on the podcast. And oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'd met her at a gathering or like a friend's thing in San Diego, like years before. And when this remembrance came through, I was like, oh, she is the one that I want to teach me. I don't want any fluffy, like she's so grounded and so direct and so embodied in her woman. And I was like, that's who I want to learn from. So last year I went on a 10 month journey and with her and got my embodiment certification. But I remember at the beginning of that journey being like, what if I remember saying this to her, like, what if I don't get it? What if I don't figure this out? Like I, I conceptually understand what embodiment is, but I don't feel it. I don't, I'm not connecting to it. And she was like, huh, that's funny. You're in your head about this. Like, of course, this is what's blocking you. And like, of course you're going to get it. So Mm -hmm. I didn't feel free in my body or my movement. The only time I had tasted that was like back in college when I used to go to festivals and, you know, was on substances and really let go of what other people thought of me and just had fun and was free, but I had never experienced that outside of those, those small moments that I had. So I had a reference point, but had never experienced it sober or like been really able to get out of my mind and come back into my body. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that journey. And I can, I can totally see the like appropriate pairing of Nadia and you. I'm like, yes, that makes <laughs> yeah. so much sense to me. I can like feel it mm. that like that grounded embodiment, but the, the channel of the feminine and mm-hmm. it's really, you know, it's very, it's very grounded. It's very strong. Like the, the mm. essence um, both you and and her. So, Oh, beautiful. And kind of lost my next question now, as I was thinking about that, um, well, one thing I, I would love to talk more about power and mm-hmm. feminine power, mm-hmm. um, because there, the power has been such a word that's been, um, naturally arising for me in the last, you know, three, four months, my soul is like, okay, it's time for personal power. It's like another iteration of that. And so I've been contemplating this a lot, been, you know, further back in my body. And, um, my dog is very embodied. She's at my feet snoring. (laughs) might be picking up the sound, (laughs) but I think it's really, you know, important for us as women to look at like our notions of power, because I think we have a lot of old false notions of power, but you're talking about embodied power. Mm-hmm. And empowerment through embodiment, which is a really like significant distinction from power in the false masculine or mm-hmm. power in the sense of like the mind or, mm-hmm. you know, boss bitch, like getting stuff done, you know, it's, ugh, that didn't even feel good to say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking about, again, empowerment through embodiment. Mm. I'm wondering if you can take us there a little bit more deeply, please. Yeah, I'm glad you asked this because this is something that I think about a lot. And this week it's come up again where I'm like, okay, what does this mean? Like guiding women to be embodied in their feminine power. Like this is my work. I know this is my soul work. And like, there's so many layers to it. And so first I'll share is that 
there's so many ways that we can give our power away where we conform or we subscribe again to who other people want us to be, where we allow our attention to go to lack and scarcity or what we don't want or what we're afraid of. So to me, feminine power is first about like embodying who you really are without conforming or without subscribing to beliefs or ideas that don't belong to you. And so this is, again, soul recognition. This is the reclamation of who am I without all of this, without all these stories. And this is where embodiment comes in because your soul lives in your body. Your ego lives in your mind. And so if we're up here trying to figure out who am I? What direction am I supposed to go? Is this right? Is this wrong? Is this good? Is this bad? Am I good enough? Am I not good enough? Like that's all in the mind, but your truth lives in the body. Your truth lives in your heart, right? Your intuition lives in your belly. It lives in your cells. It lives in your being. Yeah. And so the way that we remember who we are and reconnect to who we are is getting out of the mind getting out of the bullshit, getting out of the stories, getting out of the programming that we're so good at. Yeah. And And trying to figure out. Yeah. Yes. And coming back to the feeling, the remembering, and there's so many different ways that we can connect to the body. The most, the most profound ways through our breath, like the breath helps to calm down the nervous system, helps us to connect with the sensations, the feelings in our body. So that is one entry point into the body, which we learn through yoga and breath work, you know, really connecting to the breath, which also connects us to the earth and to life. And we're breathing in the oxygen from the trees and breathing it out back into the world. Like the breath is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And then in the sense of feminine embodiment is movement. You know, we, we, I, I've found as I've worked with so many women through this methodology of embodiment is that the reason why we feel uncomfortable with movement is because we're afraid of what other people are going to think or afraid of how it's going to look or afraid of doing it's wrong. But if we are able to get beyond that fear, we already know what to do. Our bodies already know what to do. They know how to move. And when we can feel free in our movement, in our body, in a safe container, then that translates into our life. Oh, I feel really comfortable in my body. I feel comfortable with myself. I feel good about who I am. I feel alive. I feel powerful. I feel confident. Okay. When you feel that in your body, then you can go have that challenging conversation. You can set your boundaries. You can be clear on, you know, do I want to go this way or this way? What feels most alive for me? But when we're in our head and we're just so bogged down and it feels so heavy and like, we, we don't have those sensations and that clarity from an embodied space. So hopefully I describe that. I always laugh because embodiment is so hard to describe in words. It really is about experiencing it because every time I have taken an embodiment class and offered an embodiment class to my students, there is a similar experience of, oh, I remember who I am. 
Yeah. This is the real me. This is how I feel without all of that bullshit that I constantly think about all of the time. Like this is what it feels like. So that, that, that's my best description. (laughs) It's beautiful. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I so relate to it and um, you know, it's like the difference between like sitting down and trying to think about figuring out your emotional problems, you know, kind of incessantly. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, just like rolling out the yoga mat and lighting some candles and turning off all the lights and turning on the song and like feeling what your body wants to Mm. do. And it's that, that's a moment of sacred remembrance. Like, and that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the moment that we, that we remember who we are as women. I will just share that I've really personally been um, deepening both into embodiment again, and also mindset, like pairing mindset and embodiment. Love that you talked about mindset. So we can maybe go there, but, um, you know, recognizing that in trying to I guess, resolve some things, you know, this year and like, you know, relational things and just energetics, right? Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of like EMDR and um, tapping, which I know you also do with your clients and, um, you know, and, but it wasn't until I was like, okay, Sarah, more embodiment, you know, which my soul led me to. It was like, cause I'm outside in the woods all the time. I'm always like, doing the the earth frequency grid work, but it was like, go deeper into the earth of your own body. And when I did that, I could feel this propensity to like think externally or look externally first for, you know, answers or like, what is someone else doing? Or what is, you know, even what is the universe bringing to me? And it was like all of this external mind, like searching mm-hmm. and, um, and then deepening into the body. It's that like deep return to what is my breath telling me right now? What mm-hmm. is my stomach telling me right now? Like, what is my womb telling me? What are my muscles telling me? Like, what is this feminine system of intelligence communicating to me right now about, you know, anything, but it's also really yummy to apply this to Mm decision-making because it's altogether different. You know, if we're trying to make a decision from the mind and like what we should do, and that goes back to all of the programming that you were talking about, you know, as Mm -hmm. women versus what do I want to fucking do Mm -hmm. known from my body? Mm-hmm. And then like, when you get that, that's where I feel the power. Like, that's where the power is like, oh, that's clear. I'm mm-hmm. a no to that. Or mm-hmm. that's clear. That lights me up. I'm a yes to that. Yeah. Yeah. And when you can start making every single decision from that place and it is your, that is your guiding system is, you know, does this feel true for me? Is this a yes? Does this feel expansive? Does this feel contractive? Does this feel light? Does this feel heavy versus is this right? Is this wrong? Is this good? This is bad. Like you'll drive yourself freaking crazy, but there's so much power in being like, yeah, that's a no for me, or that's a yes for me. And following that and having the courage to follow that is a whole nother, another piece of it. So I love that you talk about this pairing between mindset and embodiment, because I see this as 
the masculine and feminine of spiritual growth, the masculine and feminine of personal development. We need both. We need to be able to witness and observe the stories of our mind. Like my biggest breakthrough in my life with my mental health started with meditation. I've had a meditation practice for seven years now. And it's a practice of watching my thoughts, of watching my mind, of being a witness to what are the stories that my mind is telling me. And I'll give a, you know, a personal example. I was just in Austin this last weekend and there were so many incredible people that I met. Like I met some of the most creative, brilliant, beautiful beings there. And I noticed myself looking at them and being like, oh, they're better than me. They're more beautiful than me. They're more talented than me. And I had this narrative going and I noticed it because it's an old narrative that came up because I was in a new environment and it was being triggered really loud. And in saying that they were better than me, what I was also doing was shaming myself and telling myself that I'm not enough, that I'm not creative enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. Like they're better. Right. And I think we can, we all do this pedestal where we put people on a pedestal and that's just a narrative. And then I remember I went to the bathroom and I, after I went to the bathroom, I looked in the mirror and I had this moment of remembrance. I was like, oh, there you are. Like all of that shit that was in your mind is not true. Like, look how powerful you are. Look how beautiful you are. Like, this is who you are. And so when we can watch the narratives and separate from them, like I'm not unworthy. I'm not stupid. I'm not you know, like those are all just stories or I'm not lovable as I am. Like I'm not good enough as I am. Like those are all stories and we can watch them and witness them and observe them and have compassion for that, that little girl inside of us, right? I do a lot of inner child work where that little girl who didn't feel lovable or who didn't feel worthy and really send her some love and compassion and then come back to that remembrance of this is who I am. Like, this is my truth. So we have to do the mindset work, breaking down those beliefs, looking at those beliefs, making the unconscious conscious so that we can release them. And then we can use embodiment feeling. What does that feel like to feel the shame? What does that feel like to feel not good enough? What does that feel like to feel unworthy? And you can cry about it. You can shake it out. You can stomp it out. You can get pissed off about it. Like allow whatever feeling is there to come up and be moved through the body. So we, we can use them together, right? Like they, they go hand in hand. Yeah. I love, I love that. Thank you so much. Like the expression of what doesn't feel good that maybe sometimes we would want to run from or just find the alternative, but you can take that through the embodiment and live that expression. So you can like feel it fully and not shame yourself for feeling it. And the other thing, excuse me, that I want to like pull out that I heard you say was when you went into the bathroom and you looked in the mirror and you were like, there you are, you, you changed the story. Mm -hmm. And so the mindset is like, yeah, we notice what the old story is. And then there's a new story Mm -hmm. that we're creating. And I think to define that, like to, to uphold that mindset that's so like deliciously masculine is like, mm-hmm. you are gorgeous. 
you Mm. are beautiful. Like you are prosperous, you know, and living into that. And my hands for those who aren't watching the video is like going straight up. You know, this is like this, you know, Declaration. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Declaration. And like, you know, we're erecting this like truth of self that then, you know, I think the feminine um, kind of imprints too. like she Mm -hmm. can, you know, she, the inner feminine can, um, you know, feel that like you, you look in the mirror, you are beautiful. And then the inner feminine responds, Mm, you know, energetically to that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah. the, the mindset and the new story, like, I loved how you said that initially, and I, I didn't write it down kind of fast enough, but you were saying that the mindset and the embodiment is like this masculine feminine pairing. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love oh, that, that. That that's, that's the juice. Like that's yeah. the work. I, that's what I've found. I'm like, they, I, we need both. Like, yeah. I think if we're too much in the feminine and we're just like, oh, I'm this pleasure goddess. And all I do all day is feel good and dance around. And like, no, we need that grounded, rooted masculine and we need both. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. My company is called Embodied Breath. You know? Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> I love the name of your company. Spiritualization <laughs> yes. of matter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to share one more piece because as you were speaking, um, like a tool, like that moment in the mirror was from years of practice where I've been practicing mirror work, where I've been looking in the mirror and either dancing and moving and admiring my body or you know, repeating affirmations to myself while looking in my eyes. So that, that moment that I had, and I have chills right now, cause I didn't even realize it until you were just like reflecting was a practiced moment because I used to look in the mirror and tear myself apart. You know, I used to look in the mirror and find all the things that were wrong with me, but through mirror dancing and mirror work, which are some practices that I offer to my clients, it's like, learning how to perceive yourself differently and perceive what's actually there. And yeah, that, that's a a practice that, that took time, you know, that wasn't always there. And there are days where I don't feel that and where I have to come back to the practice and remembering it. Yeah. And, and it's not from an egoic place. I really want to specify this. This is what you were talking about. Like how I show up online and I'm also human. And there's times where I have to reevaluate my relationship with social media and the matrix and the game and all yeah. of that. Like I'm constantly evaluating that. So yeah. I'll like, I'm human. And it's like, when it's coming from this place of truth and from your heart and from service yeah. or from like building your own confidence, like that's different than, you know, being cocky or being too, to like egoic, right? It's a different, different approach that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Mm, thank you. Thank you. So you said that you're writing a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said, well, you said that in an email, I'll, I'll specify in case anyone's like, I didn't hear her say that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm drawn to extending what you're saying like this, this feminine creativity, that's what I'm tapping into right now. Feminine, the, the creativity that comes from the embodiment. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me personally, 
this deepening that's currently happening into embodiment is also coming with a deepening into creativity. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're okay. You're shaking your head. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so yeah, we do a lot of things kind of in the societal program, like you were just mentioning about social media, like in terms of productivity or getting it done to get, to get it done, you know, and well, that usually doesn't work for those of us who are building sole businesses anyway. <laughs> um, and there, there's a deepening into like the, the very essence of creation, you know, mm-hmm. as you're, as you're moving into embodiment. So um, I would love to hear you talk about that, like creating art, making art, maybe what that process is like as you're writing this book. Mm. It's a great question. Yeah. So what's coming through is like the creatrix archetype. Like we are all creative beings. We are all here to create and we all have our own different expressions of how that creativity comes through. For some people that's song, for some people that's music, for some people that's writing, for some people that's art. Um, so we have our, all, all of our own unique expressions. And once again, a lot of those expressions are suppressed when we're in our mind, when we're afraid of it, you know, not being good enough of failing, of getting it wrong, of being, you know, it's not going to be perfect. And all of those things have come up for me in the book writing process. So I'm about probably 60% through my first draft and, there's been some times where it's felt really flowy and lots has come through. And then there's other times where I'm meeting like, you know, so much resistance. And if I were writing the book only from a masculine place, I would just try and push through that resistance. But when I'm really honoring the feminine in this writing process, it's like, okay, let me take a step back. Let me stop pushing, stop forcing and let me take a step back and get realigned, get, let me get reconnected with the, the soul of this book. Let me re- get reconnected with what inspired me to write this in the first place. Let me get reconnected with the essence, right? And writing a book, surprisingly, especially the type of book that I'm writing is quite a masculine process because there's an outline and there's a direction and it has to be cohesive. And there's a a self-imposed timeline, but there might be a timeline. And so there's, there's pieces that are, that are masculine to this process. And then the important part is creating the space for the feminine flow, which, you know, could be going out and getting out in nature. So instead of like being on my computer for 10 hours, it's like, okay, what do I need to do to get into alignment, to get into energetic alignment to be able to show up and allow, be the channel and allow this to come through me. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. it's been a journey and it continues to be a journey and it's like challenging me in all of the ways, but I really deeply feel, and I'm not, not sharing publicly yet about the book concept, but okay. what I would say is like, I deeply feel that this body of work is needed at this time. Mm -hmm. of the feminine remembrance and of the awakening of the divine feminine, which we are living in right now. And so, yeah, it requires me to work on getting out of my own way and, and being in service to that, which is happening. And it's a big, it's a big project. (laughs) It's a big calling. 
They yeah. are. These books are such big callings. Thank you for sharing that and, and sharing your, your process with it. I'm writing two books. Like one has, has been in the works for like five years and it's a memoir, but it's morphing into something else. And I knew that that would happen. Um, but the divine masculine like really showed up yesterday as we record this, it was yesterday and it was, um, something wants to be shared here. I'm not, I'm just going with it. Yeah. (laughs) But it was, excuse me. It was this, um, you know, the, the, the book that I've been actively writing was called Heartland and and I've taught this transmission and it's about feminine replenishment and the feminine, you know, these like new code, the feminine replenishment. I've been living this transmission and writing it. And I've got chapters that are full draft chapters. And then I've got tons of notes and, you know, I've just been in this really fully feminine process with it. And sometimes I'm like in the woods and I'm using the voice notes and I'm transcribing the chapters, you know, as it's Mm. coming through, it's just like, whenever it's coming, I'm capturing it. And then, um, yesterday the divine masculine came in and I loved it so much. I'm going to try to articulate what happened because it was such a, a powerful feminine embodiment experience actually. But I was a little bit um, like in an emotional reaction about like what a man could not give me, Mm. which is a very like core wounded, you know, energetic. And so I was recognizing that this was arising and it was like this (laughs) divine masculine energy came in and stabilized this like feminine emotionality mm. and was like, you're going to write now. Like, you you know, and so it was this, like creating art mm-hmm. through this feminine space of like, I feel something and, and, and it was he, like this divine masculine was like, you put one foot in front of the other. And, and so it's this morphing of this memoir project into, mm. um, which I, I, I won't go into it. Yeah. Cause like, it doesn't want to be spoken yet about it, like what it's coming into, but, um, it was so masculine. So one like Heartland has this fully feminine, like circular, lots of womb energy, <laughs> like their grandmother guides, you know, it's just like all this feminine and then this other one is like this masculine energetic is walking me through. And the way my body is responding to each of these projects is like wholly different. Mm-hmm. Like it is so different because when the masculine is leading your, your feminine's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I will, I will like get in line with that, you know, cause it feels good. And then like when the feminine is like fully creative, it's, it's so expensive. So I was like, really two book projects at the same time, but. Oh yeah. Maybe this, maybe this is why, and who knows there's a pause (laughs) on the podcast because there there's energy that wants to go elsewhere for now. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. I was feeling that when you, when you shared that, I was like, Oh, something else wants to come through and Yeah. yeah, there needs to be space for it. Yeah. And I, I'm going to release an episode just before this one where I'm going to be talking about all of all of this, but it's so true. And that is like, you know, hearing that intuition and having that faith and then deciding and then 
you know, beginning to conclude these, these last 10 episodes and then already getting some of this like really big instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, the call, it's like an activation of my feminine into a way bigger expression through this, you know, full trust of the divine masculine. So, mm. um, yeah, I guess, you know, swapping stories about books, yeah I mean no 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 big deal just writing books over here I mean the percentage of people who actually end up writing a book is I mean I understand why (laughs) it's true this is crazy but it's I know it's going to be worth it and I know that there's going to be so many lives that will be touched um and it's a legacy you know it's something same with the podcast like all of these episodes that you've recorded the 144 like they are alive and breathing and the souls who need this wisdom can access them and come back to them and like what a beautiful offering yeah absolutely I mean yeah all of these iterations and I have to trust that you know what our what our feminine is called to create you know will it will be it will be created as long as we're following this embodiment and the intuition and the soul unfolding and and the calling, right? It will be created. And then there's also a time to, I mean, I'm a mother of a 13 year old. He's individuating right now, like big mm. time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a time where like you're, you move on, you know, from your baby creations because yeah, like they will live and breathe without you hovering mm-hmm. <laughs> over them, <laughs> you know, because other things like want, want to be gestated and birthed. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I just, um, yeah, it's such a, like a, a feminine living, breathing. I love that you said that, like living, mm-hmm. breathing, um, and it continues. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like what a wild days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's so wild to think about all of the the pieces that even brought us here to this conversation and like our own paths and yeah, just and and I think that that's what's happening in the collective now is you know as we're rising as divine feminine beings and returning to our truth like we are finding the other beings and the other souls who are here to do this with us. Like we're not meant to do it alone. And that's a really big part of my work and a part of my journey where, you know, sisterhood and community and like that never used to be part of my, my reality. And now it's, it's one of the core values and most important things in my life. So yeah, I'm grateful to be weaving with you and yeah, to feel inspired by you and to be in this conversation. Yes, absolutely. You as well. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. There, there is kind of, ever since you said like living and breathing, there's kind mm-hmm. of been this like pulse pulsation, I'll say like through mm-hmm. the field mm-hmm. of, you know, and now you're talking about weaving. And so um, I'm, I'm honestly like, I have no idea what else we're supposed to say in this episode, <laughs> <laughs> but there's something energetically that's like mm-hmm. been, it's almost like this um, heart pulse you know, that's, that's, um, that I'm feeling that's very alive. So I kind of feel to, you know, like let that be and let that space be. And, um, hopefully listeners are also feeling 
feeling that energetic transmission as a kind of happening and coming through, but I, you know, want to just open it up to you because now I've gone into this fully energetic space and I um, am, you know, have no more questions. And so, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, help me, Amy. Like what, what else do we need to talk about here before um, we begin to wrap up? Mm. Yeah. There's one final piece that's coming through. Um, and also I really love how you see the energy and how, like how you, it's really fun to, to experience it through your lens. So, um, thank you for presencing what you're experiencing. Um, yeah, I think one of the most important pieces here is that as we go on this soul remembrance journey and we remember who we are and we connect to our divinity and we connect to our authentic truth, that the next step in that process is to share that, is to be in contribution. And I think that's a very key element of this age of Aquarius that we're in of the divine feminine rising is contribution is that we all have gifts to offer. We all have something unique to contribute. And that the first leg of the journey is our own remembrance. And then the second leg is how can I give that away? How can I be in service? How can I support and serve others through my own authentic gifts, which doesn't mean that you have to be a coach or a healer or like, it doesn't have to look one way but it's like your own soul expression, sharing that with the world, not just keeping it to yourself. And that's a huge step because it's about allowing yourself to be seen. It's about coming out of the spiritual closet. It's about seeing yourself as a leader, as a someone who has something to contribute and to offer to the world. And so that's really why I'm so passionate about working with women who are stepping into their soul callings or who are on the path of feminine leadership, because this is the ripple effect. Like I've seen it firsthand. I've seen, you know, as I show up to serve and then my clients end up to serve their medicine and then they end up serving their medicine and it becomes this ripple effect in this web. And we're all contributing to the collective and contributing to each other. So I just wanted to tie that together that yes, this is like a personal remembrance, but we're also all in on this journey of remembrance and of shifting the paradigm. Like we're moving out of this toxic paradigm of, you know, like working in jobs that are not in alignment with our gifts and, you know, hustling and, you know, working super hard to make money, but feeling like we're, you know, empty inside, like that's the old way. That's not the new paradigm. The new paradigm is being your authentic self, sharing your gifts, receiving abundance, contrib contributing to the collective, doing it in community instead of by yourself in a little like isolated box, right? Like that's not how it's meant to be. And, and connecting with the earth, like us all being connected to one another, but the reconnection with, with, the planet with the earth. So that's, that's what came through. <laughs> Beautiful. I can, I kind of knew it had something to do with soul calling because, um, I was, yeah, I was intuiting that. So now I do, I do have like another weave, mm -hmm. you know, another layer. Um, thank you for everything you just shared. And 
there, there was such a clear and feminine truth about, you know, living and standing into your gifts and then sharing them as service. Mm. And what I did not hear you even like flinch about was, I think you even said, I'm a terrible quoter. Anybody who knows me knows that. But <laughs> I think you even said, giving it away. Mm. And what Heartland has been about and what my you know journey has been about in the last two years has really been about like depletion energetics and mm. like how the feminine was taught in the old paradigm to give her energy away and expect less like don't you know don't mm. expect right reciprocity don't expect you know um respect like integrity you know value exchange all of that and so you know heartland is like my transmission to to try to or a transmission that's coming through me not mine but to try to help write those energetics but what i'm noticing about what you just said was like that wasn't even a consideration in this new paradigm, you know, uh, vision that you were outlining. It's like, yes, like we have these transmissions coming from our heart, coming from our embodied experience. And then we are sharing them with the world. And, and I'm just like, Amy just knows that we're going <laughs> to, that we're going to receive like, you just know that like from that, you know, that includes prosperity, mm. right? And so I'm like listening. I'm like, yeah, you're in the new frequency. Like you are mm. in the new earth frequency because I think, uh, oh, I know like a part of my mind still tracks for, okay, my heart feels this and I want to give this and will I receive? Mm -hmm. If I give this, will I receive back? And so I would I would just love to hear you speak to that for, you know, how do you see that? How do you, um, how do you encounter that with, with female clients? Because I mean, the topic of like self-worth and value and exchange is, is a giant one that mm -hmm. we, you know, we don't need to open fully, I guess, but um, yeah. Where, where do you like, yeah, where where are you landing? Where is your heart and your embodiment landing in that area of like right exchange when we're in the heart and we're in the gift and we're in the aligned body and we're in the creation and we're giving it? Can you speak to receptivity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that word right there is such a divine principle of the feminine is receiving and being open to receive. And we are currently rewriting and rewiring this narrative as women, you know, that we can't receive as much abundance as men or that we can't receive in return. Like receptivity is something that we are rewiring and relearning right now. And it is a constant rewiring for me. You know, I've done so much deep work around abundance and money and around, charging my worth and around receiving. And, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years now and I've, I've seen, seen it all and it hasn't been easy. Like I'll be honest. And it takes a lot of resilience and coming back to trust and coming back to faith and 
in my experience, it always works out. I've never gone without. And even though it feels scary, and even though there's times where it feels like it's not going to work out, like somehow it does. And so I would say it's definitely a practice and it's a big part of my work as we, you know, as I support women to step into their soul calling and get out of the old paradigm, it's like without the abundance mindset and the abundance frequency, like you're not going to do it. And I'm the first woman in my family who has, you know, is completely sovereign in financial earning. Like that's just, we're, we're, we're in the time where we're breaking the generational pattern. Um, you know, this is the first, this is one of the first times in history where women can actually make their own money and can, you know, support themselves. Like this is a whole new paradigm we're living in. And so we get to be really patient and really gentle and compassionate and yeah, continue setting the example for each other. Because I think one of the biggest things is when we see other women doing it, it shows us that it's possible, but we need more of those examples. (laughs) Yeah, we do. And I'm, yeah, I'm grateful that we like stayed on the call and because I was like, oh, okay, here's the, you know, here it is. And um, one of the ways I know that we're weaving magic is because I was I was in the woods this morning and I did a recording kind of impromptu on receptivity Mm -hmm. and, you know, the, this, like all of this, you know, becoming sovereign and becoming, um, like in right energetic with ourselves and with the feminine, it's like the receptivity is the natural next step. Mm. It, like it is the the thing that I love that you said we're rewiring. We are rewiring receptivity because re- receptivity came in the old, you know, in the patriarchal energetics. It came with a lot of like looped in negotiation, like you know, unfair agreements, like yuck, right? Mm-hmm. And so here in this like embodied feminine sovereign space of creation there there's a new template of receptivity that you know when i heard you share it was like it was just so natural mm. it's just so natural <laughs> to you know to um to know that when you are in the divine essence and soul alignment of who you are and sharing those gifts that we can assume and expect receptivity mm-hmm. at this point in this new rewiring planetary rewiring Mm-hmm. 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 yeah prosperity codes you gotta keep yeah. keep practicing those <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um well beautiful Amy now I feel like we have you know come full circle does this feel complete to you yeah feels I love everything that we journeyed through and everything that came through for us today so I feel I feel complete <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. And um, please remind folks where they can find you. I know that you have a free gift mm-hmm. on your website. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. So I actually just recorded a new version of it. So it's a little bit shorter for those of you who, you know, feel short on time or want something a little bit more concise. I have a empowered feminine morning ritual. So it's an audio guide to guide you into your body and to empower your mindset as you begin your day. So that is available and you can download it for free 
Um, and we'll include that link in the show notes, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram at Amy Natalie Co. or come on over to the podcast, The Feminine Frequency. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It's an Thank honor you. to have you here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We love to hear from you, and your reviews help, and they matter. Remember, you are not alone on this sacred remembering path and women are rising now and we're doing it together. You can join the Sacred Remembering community at sarahpoet.com and also visit there for more tools and inspiration and also to book work with me privately. Here's to your Sacred Remembering path. Much love and we'll talk to you next time.